Hello, hello, and welcome to Avoiding Entropy. This is your host, Tumultuous. Uh, my most sincere apologies for ha- not having posted in a while. I have been a little bit busy at work, and I have another podcast, and I'm not cheating on you because I'm going to tell you about it, that I have going. And it's a little bit different than this one. The topics are a little bit more um, hospitality industry related. But as if you've been to a restaurant or if you've seen the movie Waiting, I'm pretty sure you'll understand that, how that can be fun and interesting. And if you don't, give it a try. I try to throw some life lessons in there as much as I can from what I've learned. And definitely a lot of culinary tips. So if you're looking to get into that field or in that field and looking to improve, definitely a podcast for you. Um, I wanted to talk about a book I've been reading. Actually, I've finished a couple of books lately. But... Um, I found Audible, and I think Audible is one of the best things in the world because, shit, you can listen to books. You don't have to read them. You can do other things while reading a book. It's amazing. So one of the books I finished was called The Message, the Hidden Messages in Water by someone named Masaru Emoto. Now, Masaru, Masaru Emoto. Masaru Emoto is no longer with us, I don't believe, but he did write this book, and he was the pioneer of a study that is very interesting. Now, I haven't done enough research to conclude whether it's um, been duplicated or not. I believe it has, but I definitely saw some publications that were debunked or trying to debunk it and trying to um, derail it, so to speak. Masari Moto writes about water. He writes about water and it being a part of everything. So you are 30, uh, 30, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, you are 75% water. The earth is 75% water. Coincidence, right? course. Water makes up 99.99 of the Earth's livable space. What do I mean by that? Well, you're sitting on a couch, you're sitting in your car, wherever you are, you're sitting there, right? You can't live your life six feet above you right now because there's air. You can't walk on air. You can't, there can't exist another person that sits on top of you. But in water, if you were an aquatic animal, yes, you could do that because you could literally go anywhere because it's a medium, right? So 99.99% of the Earth's livable space is water, simply because of that, and there's a lot more water on it than land. So water, as it turns out, apparently has memory. And it doesn't have memory like a brain or like an elephant, that it can remember your actions and remember who's good and who's not. It has memory for information. And information is vibration, you know, even a thought is small, small, tiny electronical vibrations in your brain, your electronic. But information is vibration. And water, obviously, reacts to vibration. There's something called uh, cymatics, which is basically different notes played to water. It has water react a different way. Now, what Masari Moto did was he took this water and he froze it. And water, if you, the more you look into water, the weirder it becomes, believe it or not. For example, let me give you a basic example. Why does ice float? Why does ice float? So ice is water molecules, right, are frozen. If you throw a rock of ice at someone's head that's big enough, it will kill them. But that same rock in water will float. It's not full of air like wood is. It's not porous. It's ice. Why is it floating? (laughs) It's very interesting. Hot water freezes faster than cold water. That was actually discovered by a culinary professional making ice cream in a competition. 
He put the batch of ice cream into the cooler hot because he had no other choice, and sure enough, it froze better than the batch that was in there that was cold. Anywho, Masari Moto took pictures of water right at the point of freezing. So as the crystals are forming, and by crystals I mean those designs that you see on your windows in the winter, you know, those nice little patterns of crystals. Apparently, according to Masari Moto, different intent will act differently upon the water's crystals. So taking that where he tried to take it, which is why I think people debunked it, his theory is that you can filter water with emotion. Emotion, your emotion, and it being in motion. What do I mean by that? Water has to flow to be alive. If water stops flowing, water becomes stagnant, and water will poison and kill you. Which is why if you have to drink water for survival, you have to do it out of a flowing stream. Streams will have automatically filter any water in it. In fact, if someone has lead poisoning, the amount of lead that's in their body, that, like a hairline fraction of that, diluted in some water, will actually help the body rid of the chemicals itself. So you calibrate your body to filter out what you don't want by drinking the water with a little bit of that something in it. So whatever's in your body binds with that something in the water and then it takes it out of you. That's his theory. And he, they also said that people prayed over a lake and it became more clean the next day. A Buddhist monk prayed over crystals of water that were toxic and looked ugly and then they turned into beautiful hexagonal crystals after his prayers. That I could probably... That's a pretty far-fetched theme too, which actually brings me to my next book. It's called The Holographic Universe. Okay, so The Holographic Universe, just like Masari Moto's work, has scientific background, but most of the scientific background is quote-unquote hearsay. Now, I say hearsay because some people that don't see things for their own eyes and don't hear things with their own ears won't believe it. They have to read it in a scientific journal, which is also just things written by people that have seen it with their, their own eyes and heard it with their own ears. Unless you've conducted the experiment yourself, you cannot possibly say that you are not believing on hearsay. Because it is hearsay until you do it, right? I don't care if 100 people say it or if 100 people don't say it. If there was 100 people in the world that said that there's no such things as UFOs and everyone else was okay with it, those 100 people, they'd be right. Because no one's, they haven't seen them, right? So that's what I'm saying. If you haven't seen a UFO, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's true. But also, yes, it can. It can be true because you haven't seen it. Um, so there's a bunch of things debunking this, this, this theory. And I believe that he's half correct and half not. But the holographic universe plays into this is because that takes on a different spin. So Masari Moto is saying that you can filter water with your emotions. All right. Michael Tablet or Tableau, I'm not sure how to say it. He's saying that you could filter the universe around you with your emotions to the point where you can materialize physical things out of thin air. Pastries that are cooked, flowers, like the guy does in India. I don't remember the name now, but that was one of the chapters. He literally materializes things out of thin air, hot cooked pastries in a cave where there was no ovens and there's no possible way he could have had a hot cooked pastry. Was he hypnotizing the people in front of him, including the person writing that there were hot pastries? The person was full after eating them. It's the same thing as the stigmata. The stigmata is the wounds of Jesus Christ. You're supposed to get the stigmata when you are so close to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
that you get his wounds. You receive the wounds of Christ, so to speak. The only problem with that is everyone that has gotten the stigmata, everyone that has gotten the stigmata, has gotten it on their hands, in the middle of their palms. And according to history and scientific evidence that we can see now, pictures of, again, people crucified were not crucified on their palms. They were never nailed in onto the cross by their palms because the amount of flesh between those tendons between your fingers, your phalanges, the fact that your fingers do not connect across, they're just four bones, would not be enough to sustain the human body weight. And to ensure that the human did not fall off of the cross, they would nail it on the wrist, just below the veins where people slice to kill themselves, so to speak. Just below those, they would nail you on the cross, and that way you couldn't fall off. You would be hanging there forever until you're dead because your arm bones are thicker. Everyone that's gotten the stigmata has gotten the wounds on their, on their palms. How is that possible? How is it possible that the wounds of Christ went to a different spot of the body? Is, is it because it's not real? Or is it because it is real, but how they were created was different than you think? The mind materialized the wounds there. The wounds were indeed there. They happened. They opened. The skin opened out of nowhere and blood started pouring out. In fact, so much blood in some cases of stigmata that it's impossible for the human being to have been alive, much less walking and praying while he's doing it. Or she, I think it was. So what happened was is the people saw artists' depictions of Jesus Christ's crucifixion. And in the depictions of this crucifixion, he was nailed on his hands. So to them, that's how it was. It was not only till recently have we found out that would not have been possible. And now I ask you this, friends. If we were wrong about where Christ was nailed, what the fuck do we know about human history?